Hello, everyone, and welcome to Breakout, episode number 28 uh, for Wednesday, February 9th, 2022. Look at us. Uh, my name is Marty Sleeve, and as always, I'm joined by Casey Wosu and Nick Calandra. What's up, guys? Morning. Hey. Yeah, look at that. We're, oh, man, we're hitting a bunch of mornings in a row. Like, we're on time yeah. weekly. This is great. I'm really proud of us. I can't believe we've almost uh, done 30 and- episodes of this already. <laughs> I know that's crazy, right? That's that's that is crazy. That's almost been it's been over half a year. Award. Do they give an award for <laughs> consistency? Uh, give us a webby. Do they still do webbies? Okay, here I have a blue moon cap. That is your. I'll put a hole through it, and you can put it around your neck. Also, I think you're getting a little like yourself to say weirdly. to say we should get an award for consistency. Let's just be proud that we've done like four shows in a row. <laughs> so, uh, and welcome, good morning, uh, everyone in chat. Welcome, welcome to Breakout. This is the Escapist Weekly Live Stream slash Podcast about games and movies and TV and all that stuff. Uh, we have a really good show this week. Our main topic is going to be Sifu. Um, Sifu the game. The way I say it is very nasal and it sounds like seafood. So if you guys ever want to talk about seafood, I'm all I'm all for that. I, I love myself a shrimp cocktail. So uh, yeah, but we're gonna talk about seafood. The uh, new, you missed shrimp? Can you? Oh I yeah, you, we talked about this. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Do you mix your fishes? Um, not in this aquarium. <laughs> not in this aquarium, Nick. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna talk about seafood. We're gonna talk about our thoughts on the game, which are the game's really good. Uh, and then also a lot of the conversation surrounding the game, including uh, that that dastardly conversation about video game difficulty that seems to crop up. Well, it crops Every up now, week. and I'm sure it'll crop up in like three weeks once Elden Ring comes out. So, yeah, we have mm-hmm. that to look forward to. Uh, but, yeah, first we'll talk about we've been watching and playing a bunch of other stuff. But, but yeah, how are you guys doing? What's 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 going on, aside from not being able to eat any self- shellfish? Well, before we get to that, don't forget that your Super Chats support the show, and we'll read them out at the end of the show. So if you have any questions, thoughts, or, or things you just want to tell us, Feel free to send those in. I did forget that. That is absolutely something I forgot. So I, I appreciate you stepping in. <laughs> I had it all planned out, and then we started talking about seafood. Well, that was my fault as well. So I don't know. Everything's yeah, fine. Yeah, you it's fine. Kind of just uh, yeah. went off on your own there. Yeah, I screwed the seafood pooch. Breakout. <laughs> yeah, how are you guys doing? All right. So yeah, if you want to get started on like stuff we've been watching and whatnot, um, hell yeah, uh, I've started catching up on Euphoria because the. Internet likes to fill the air with memes and references, and my fiance can't take it if she's not in the know. So we had to start start mm-hmm. down that road. I uh, really, really enjoyed the first season of that show. Uh, if you don't know, it's an HBO uh, drama starring Zendaya, who is a uh, high school drug addict. Like she does all the drugs Double and drugs. nearly OD'd and has been on the road to recovery. Uh, she meets a new student who is a trans person. Um, and they hit it off and it's kind of like her anchor to keeping her sober and um basically high school is a wild dangerous place because all her classmates are like very deranged and uh problematic people for the most <laughs> part so like it like season two starts off like very wild like it's a big house party and honestly like i was a little unprepared because like i i love the first season but i don't know season two starts off like just really really driving home the fact that these are very problematic children like they are high schoolers at the end of the day and i'm like is there any high school on the planet that is as obscenely crazy as these children in their high school like their their life problems like the stuff they do like the amount of freedom they seem to have to just like throw wild parties and have sex all the time is like was this anyone's actual high school now because it seems (laughs) not wisconsin not wisconsin It, it just seems very very um out there and 
if if you're if that's gonna bother you, then it'll probably put you off on the show. But if you can mm-hmm. kind of get past that and just be like, all right, well, this is a very hyper realized version of like maybe some high school issues, then um, you can really start to see like how how co- not cool, but like how interesting like the characters are mm-hmm. and how they're kind of diving into these kind of social pressures that teens go through today, but just in a very over the top manner. Like, I do hope that there are no high, actual high school kids watching this show because it is not for their age range. Like, well, I was kind of like, that I was kind of like 13 Reasons Why, too. Was like, really, I was like, high school kids don't talk or act like this most of the time. They're oh, out man. there picking their this nose. This makes and 13 Reasons games. Why look like, look like mother babies. Like, oh, this shit is intense. Like, is, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. It is, it is so R rated. Like, yeah. There, I don't. Like HBO loves to like have like sex scenes and just like naked dudes and women everywhere, right? Like yeah, that's right. just an HBO staple. But Euphoria might be the first show I've seen that has like every episode has at least one hard penis on it. <laughs> and like that's a, thing, that's a thing that's usually reserved for like just straight up porn. Like yeah. you don't usually usually see that in actual like cinema slash TV. But like yeah. there Euphoria goes for it. So yeah, if you're now into I know why that show's trending on Twitter every week. It's great. Yeah. Well, also, like the show is like, like so much stupidly gorgeous. Like the show is like gorgeously yeah, it's, it's shot. shot. Like amazingly, yes. Yeah. There's a couple in season one. There's like a, an infamous uh, oneer <laughs> scene that's just like absolutely incredible. And if you watch the behind the scenes of how they did it, it's like totally mind blowing. How like when the camera's not focused on something, there's like a hundred people behind it, completely changing the set so that when the camera turns around, it, it it's showing something else. Um, and Zendaya is like. Jesus, like one of the best yeah, actors she's, of she's generation. Show. Yeah, she, yeah, yeah, she is. She is really amazing. Like, I can't think of anything else she's been in where she's gotten to really just act her ass off like that. Have you ever heard of Mary Jane in the hit Spider-Man film? <laughs> <laughs> I know, no shade to the Spider-Man films, but she's no, she's, she's kind of just being. Those, yeah. yeah, she's good, but she's kind of just being like her. You know what I yeah. mean? And like, and we've said this before, but you know, like actors, they get to a certain level and like, they just kind of hire them to be themselves on screen. Mm-hmm. Zendaya has, is one of those ca- actors who has kind of achieved that very early on. Like she's, yeah. she's never really playing a character, but like the person she plays, which seems to be her personality is always like very fascinating to watch. And like Zendaya as a, a crackhead is actually very compelling. Like she's very likable despite being like, would you stop doing drugs? Stop doing drugs. Think of your mom and sister. <laughs> So I've I've been thoroughly enjoying it. Like I, I um, I'm I'm mad that we're watching it in pace with the weeks because as soon as we catch up, I'm gonna be like mad that I can't continue to binge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good but, stuff. Uh, but yeah, I've been watching lots of uh, Euphoria. Euphoria is the show we're talking about. In case anyone was coming in late. Yeah, on the home box office. Euphoria, the show with fantastic cinematography and erect penises, apparently at least one <laughs> yes. every episode, and that's a breakout <laughs> guarantee. <laughs> Oh man! Can that be the name of the episode? No, probably don't name that the name no, of the episode. No. Probably don't name that the episode. Yeah, let's not, let's not do that. One. Speaking of full frontal nudity, Nick, you've been watching Reacher. Uh, that's a bad name to follow up on that. <laughs> I didn't know the show starring the big, big buff North Dakota boy. <laughs> yes, I have been watching uh, the new Amazon original Reacher, which is based on Child Lee's books, not Tom Clancy books. As Lee Child, don't say Childly. <laughs> Is it his name Lee Childs? You said Childs. Said. Lee. Lee Childs. I believe Lee, it's Lee Childs. Lee Childs. Yeah. And Reacher. Yes. And so, Reacher anyways, it's based on Lee Childs. <laughs> it's based on the, the books. Uh, oh, man. I always forget the the guy, the main actor's name because I only thing I know him from is he played Thad in Blue Mountain State. Nick, 
if I had a dollar for every time you bring up that show that I'm 90% sure isn't real, it's I real. swear to God. Google it right now. Alan Rich. I'm not going to Google it. Alan I'm already, I'm so already Googling was... that first thing KC mentioned about all those, <laughs> what, all those, those, uh, those erect, erect penises. Yeah, that, but, uh, yeah. Research. It's, it's research. Everybody. Yeah. So uh, Alan Richardson playing Reacher and Je- and Reacher. And uh, yeah, it's it's like a thriller, thriller action mystery show. And it's really fucking good. Uh, first episode hooked you hooked you right away. It's like got this really cold open where, I mean, it's just him getting off a bus and like a really great cinematography cinematography in Georgia, uh, and uh, <laughs> it's, the action in that show is brutal. Like uh, without spoiling like anything big, like there's a scene where he kills two guys and then he's like, I gotta get rid of the bodies. So what does he do? Throws all three of well, there's already a body in, in the trunk of his car. So then he throws two more in the trunk of the car, and he can't fit the guy in. So what does he do? He takes the guy's legs and just snaps him and folds him into the car. See, that's what <laughs> Tom Cruise could have never done that. Yeah, little itty bitty Tom Cruise can't snap a man's legs. <laughs> so yeah, so the is um, just really brutal action scenes, but like the mystery is really good, and the and the cast is fantastic. It's so well acted. Um, I just I don't have anything negative to say about the show. It's been the first show that I've like just sat and could not stop binging until I'm done with it. Like I'm gonna wrap it nice. up today after starting it two days ago. So, so what is Jack Reacher about though? It's is like, he like, like a spy. He's, he's, yeah. he's yeah, like what is he's like ex military. That's he's like got this real great sense. I've never read the book, so I'm sure somebody in chat's gonna correct me. But basically, like he is just like this out of this world investigator, but also like giant badass that will just break your neck because he doesn't like you. <laughs> like he's uh yeah, he's, you know, I haven't, like I said, I haven't read the books. I don't, I don't know the whole character. I'm kind of learning as I go, but yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. think about like basically a more brutal version of like mission impossible or something like that. Not maybe not even that it's a lot more grounded than mission impossible. Uh, I'm not sure what, what would be the best way to, which is it like, uh, did you ever see that movie walking tall? Like they made a, uh, they made a remake with The Rock like the Rock? 15 yeah. years ago where he's just like a I dude who comes back to town and has to beat beat the shit out of some dudes. Mm. I feel like, <laughs> is that just Reacher? He just goes to town and beats beats up some dudes and then goes to the next town? Yeah, like what? why is he invested in beating people up? Like, does uh, something happen to him? Yeah, I can't, like I'm not going to spoil it because it's not even a description of the show. Okay. So like there's there's a, he shows up in the town of Margaret, Georgia. He's there for like, a weird reason at first and then it kind of the mystery kind of keeps unraveling as you go is like a little bit of a detective mystery with a lot of great action mm-hmm. scenes in it um so it's yeah it, it, that's really all i can say about it without spoiling it because like the the characters yeah are it's so only been out a few days so we yeah, don't have to yeah, yeah, yeah it's only been out for four, four days so the character show is like um you know the character interactions are i don't know it's just got that like the ensemble cast that just works and it's like Mm-hmm. just set in georgia and so like it, it does tackle some like interesting like racial issues and everything too uh with one of the uh the chief detective he's black in georgia and so that's that's kind of covered a little bit uh, especially in this town of margrave which is not very kind to people uh african-americans so it's um yeah it's i would just give it a watch if you if you like detective and action shows i, I can't say anything more than that but, but yeah, yeah so it, uh, like people people didn't like the Jack Reacher movies with Tom Cruise because Jack Reacher as a character is like supposed to be huge, buff, and just destroy everything. And then you cast Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise who's like shorter not. than me. <laughs> yeah. 
I still thought those movies were okay. I think I, I think they're okay. But yeah, I, I mean, I know Tom Cruise would probably audiences. kick the asses of anyone who thought Tom Cruise wasn't big enough. Yeah. Like, I'll say that much. Like, he'd probably beat all their asses yeah, up. I mean, because Tom Cruise is insane. He'll be like, oh, yeah, I'll break my ankle and then continue to film because yeah. I'm a crazy man. And Yeah, Alan, Alan Richon, like, him and... Uh, him and uh, John Cena are like two of the most built men I've ever seen on TV, outside of like The Rock. Just, yeah, no, he's a he's a big dude. Yeah, like I thought, I I kept thinking that the whole time he was uh playing Hawk in that in the uh, Titans that DC show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I oh think yeah, I think we brought off, the show before, and you were like, "That's Hawk," and then we found out it yeah, wasn't Hawk. <laughs> the only place I've seen him in. <laughs> But like even then, I was like, "Yo, that dude is like big as shit." Yeah, I had, yeah. I had no idea he was in other shows because I I'd only had seen him in Blue Mountain State. Damn it, uh, Nick! <laughs> and he Talk, is, call it BMS, whatever. Uh, that dude has that, that sounds way worse. Having having now seen him in this though, like he, I was shocked at the range that he has as an actor. Uh, yeah. So actually, uh, what, what he's in Titans, I kind of want to go check that out just to see what he's doing in that show. Uh, probably the same stuff. Just yeah. punch people in the face real hard. Stepping a man's legs in half. Good with me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Speaking of speaking of John Cena, I'm, I'm all caught up on Peacemaker. That's a really great show. Mm. Yeah. 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 I like I it. I, I like it better than uh, um, Suicide Squad, and I enjoyed the Suicide Squad movie. But I, I feel like the uh, the the um, serialized format of the show allows the story like more room to grow, and and I'm really enjoying spending time with like the supporting cast and everything. And yeah, John Cena is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his that is dad. John his dad is really fun to watch. His dad incredibly racist. Turns out the T one thousand from Terminator two very racist, John, like John, shockingly racist. John Cena is a lot like Alan Richardson, where like I had no idea he had the range of that kind of acting range. Like you know, yeah, I think, I think sometimes <laughs> he, we think. Always, we, oh, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say he's always been delightful in anything he's acted in. Like he's had like little cameos in like other comedies. Mm-hmm. Like he was yeah. in like an Amy Schumer comedy, he was yeah, in a Fay yeah. comedy. And like they have him play like these ridiculous characters, but he's always like very fun to watch in those roles. Yeah, fun. But in this that, one, like he's got like an emotional core that I wasn't expecting from that kind of actor. Uh, in Peacemaker, yeah, that I think he's doing yeah. really well. Like I think yeah. he's really sold it. Well, and he also seems like you know you were talking about the Zendaya thing earlier, Casey, about how she kind of uh, got cast as like a version of herself in a lot of things, mm-hmm. and that it's really charming, and I like watching that, but. Um, I feel like the same thing has happened with The Rock. Like I can't, I can't pick a movie where it felt like The Rock played a character other than Dwayne right. Johnson. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> whereas like John Cena, like this is showing like he's playing this dude is like completely despicable, but also like James Gunn's writing is like really sharp and funny and calls out a lot of like the macho bullshit sort of stereotypes. Um, and it's like you know like. I don't know, presenting like really interesting uh, like dialogue and everything and and about like Asian Americans and stuff like there was in the last episode of this really funny exchange about uh, like one character used the term oriental and the other character is yelling at him for that and like why it's not uh, property right. use anymore and, yeah. yeah yeah um and so yeah I thought it was really great it's just shockingly violent as well so mm-hmm. yeah good stuff there's a lot of a lot of good TV on though and there's book of Boba Fett I haven't watched the fun finale today <laughs> so we're not talking about that. <laughs> Well, I said there's a lot of good TV in Book of Boba Fett, so that's oh, my review man. of the finale. <laughs> yeah, I gotta catch I like, up I like, that. I like that we'll, Boba Fett. We'll my favorite Boba week. Fett is when uh, he tried to do something good, return the Jedi, and then got knocked into that monster's mouth. So he should have just stayed there, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> should have just been digested in there. Uh, but yeah, there's, lo- there's so much good TV on. Man, Attack on Titan? Caught up on that? 
I'm trying to get caught up on Demon Slayer. Ooh. Yeah, oh, I'm gonna start anyway, boy, uh, Demon Slayer soon because yeah, people are starting to, like post shots of like you know the the super hyper animation stuff. Yeah, and I, like, I think it's in like, another one of those like four episode battles. Like there was remember in the first season against yeah. that like spiderweb dude, there was like a four yes, episode battle yes, scene. Yes, yeah. yes. I think they, like, that's there's one like the, another one going on. Like like just the coolest animated fight scenes mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Like that and my hero have like been raising the bar. Like they, they keep one upping each other with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm I'm very uh excited to go back and catch up on all those because I've I've saved them. I put them to the side and have nice. not watched anything so I can just spin straight through. And I'm going to time where I'm gonna go back. Did you watch Mugen Train, the movie? Yes, I did. Okay, Went to yeah. theaters. I risked COVID and all that just to see those those anime boys. Yeah, those it was my first was COVID great. movie as well. And then they like put it all in Funimation. Awesome. And I was like, what the fuck? Why didn't I just wait? But no, it's fine. I didn't get COVID in theory. Yeah, it was good. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot, of, a lot of good entertainment stuff. Although Oscar Oscar nominations came out. You guys see any of those Oscar movies? Uh, no. I've, you I'm saw sure Dune? Yeah, so, so oh, I did see Dune. Seen, I'm, I'm sure I've seen a couple of them. I can't believe Macbeth wasn't up for big pic- best picture. Uh, Macbeth was I mean, they probably saw that story before, so. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that story a bunch before. Uh, yeah, it's a I remake. Was kinda, like... I was kind of underwhelmed by the by the the the, the Cohen the single Cohen. I don't know what you call a Cohen brother. Yeah. The one Cohen yeah. Macbeth. Uh, Denzel Cohen. got nominated. Denzel was great. Like, I mean, Denzel's always great though. That doesn't really count. Like, um, <clears> but yeah, really a really good slate of movies. Uh, a bunch of stuff people probably haven't seen before. Dune is obviously the big. Uh, Big blockbuster in there. There's uh, Nightmare Alley, the new Guillermo del Toro movie, uh, West Side Story. I, seen that. I need to go see that. Nightmare what? Alley. Nightmare Alley. It's on uh, HBO and Hulu now. Oh, well, then I'll probably just wait for the 4K release because I'm a 4K snob. I don't know. You can watch it on 1K or whatever <laughs> HBO and Hulu are now. Uh, yeah, all sorts of good stuff. So we'll probably we'll probably have more more of a discussion on the Oscar stuff for the big picture or not big picture. What's our movie show called? Your feature, <laughs> Your presentation. feature presentation. Big picture is another movie podcast I listen to. I like the podcast so much I pretend I'm on it. <laughs> it, ha- like, it happens. Yeah, more you, than you, there, you just sit there yeah. and talk at the screen, and they're like, "Why can't you hear me?" <laughs> yeah, no, 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 it's totally fun. They don't have a live chat, so I just type my chats into a Word document and then send it to them. They have they have <laughs> not you get escapist articles. They have not yet exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, have you guys been you guys been playing any video video games? Do you guys like video games? I think we've all been playing Sifu, so that's a good segue into that topic. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't have anything. is our main topic. I thought I we, we were going to talk about other video games first. <laughs> we haven't no, been uh, no Casey, else. you you <laughs> reviewed Casey, you reviewed Ali Ali World before. Yes, I did. Uh, in between the last episode and this episode, why don't you tell the audience about it? <laughs> Oh, you know what? You're right. Yeah, I, I didn't get a chance to I actually the, talk about Ali Ali. Yeah, I think the embargo this, right? was up after the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's, it's, it feels so long ago. But yeah, uh, yeah Ali Ali World is uh, a, a, a a sequel. It's like the third game in the Ali Ali uh, series. Mm-hmm. Um, it's about skateboarding, but it's 2D. So you're like, it's more of a platformer than anything. Like it it, it masquerades as a skateboarding game, but it's just really like a, a super fast platformer. You're like skating through like these really interesting worlds like they've they've changed the entire setting so like if you're familiar with previous Ali Ali games this is kind of new like it has nothing to do with the previous ones in terms of setting and honestly I don't know if the previous ones had a story at all but this one does it's stupid the story but it's also like fun in that they decided to basically adventure time everything 
Like your characters are like very cutesy and bright and cheery. And like there are people who have like who are like made out of milkshake or or something. And there's like a leaf guy and they're like they're they're skate gods and there's wizards who are skate wizards. And like it's really, really out there. Like it's almost as if uh skaters like to do drugs. <laughs> and so like they kind of just merge that aesthetic into a video game. And skaters it works like a euphoria high school. <laughs> yes there's there's fewer uh fully erect penises in ali ali world yeah no no erect penises in ali ali world lots of hardwood though jesus christ casey <laughs> i'm sorry i apologize <laughs> but no the, the gameplay in ali ali world um and I, I wrote an article about this um it's essentially sonic but like very good because sonic as you all know is not very good because uh, you get to go fast, you get to actually interact with the environment. Like it has this really cool trick system where you hold the left stick in any direction and you're, you'll see your skater is like primed. And then like you release that direction and he'll do a specific trick coordinated with the direction. You can do like extra movements to get like, you know, uh, more advanced tricks or whatnot. But as long as you're doing that, you'll clear pretty much any gap and hop onto any rail or whatnot. As long as you're holding a direction, you'll interact with whatever's in the background, like rails or uh, billboards which you can wall ride on and as long as you're kind of getting the timing right as to when you land on things you'll keep gaining speed and you'll be able to like clear you know further gaps that are coming up um and kind of uh get through the level uh the level's obstacles because like they put mm -hmm. all sorts of cool stuff in the way like uh they're like crystals where you have to hold a grab to break through them otherwise you slam into them and you know th the game ragged also it's pretty funny uh, but like it's it's sort of like whereas Sonic has you platforming like Mario, but like with limited visibility and supposedly moving very quickly, like it it just it doesn't work in how quick you're supposed to move and the fact that you have to concentrate on what's coming up in terms of platforming. Ali mm -hmm. Ali World paints the world in such a way that as fast as everything is coming at you, really quick you can say, okay, that's a rail, that's a staircase, that's a billboard. And you, all you have to do is literally hold the stick in one direction. You just have to be fast enough and time it properly to get mm -hmm. it right. So if you do it wrong, you still keep moving. But if you do it right, you basically get the most out of it. And it's a, it's a thing that over time you get much better at. And you can really start to try to build your high score by doing all sorts of tricks in the middle of you interacting with these obstacles that are coming at you super fast. And like it, it gets really addicting. Like At first, it might be a little hard to get a hold on, but it's, it's a lot of fun once it clicks. Yeah, and I think it's uh, it, it feels like it takes uh, a lot of design elements, really good design elements from good mobile games. Um, like the levels kind of scale, and and you can choose to sort of like all you have to do is just get to the end of a level to finish it. But there's also mm -hmm. like goals within the levels that um, almost remind me of like the three star challenges from anything like Angry Tony Birds. Hawk. Yeah, yeah, Tony Hawk. Yeah, yeah, um, and uh, uh, so it makes. Like the game is very, it, it's, you can, it's relatively easy to get through, but really like deep and challenging to master, which I like. Uh, and it's also very bite-sized. So um, I know we were playing, like your review code was on uh, PC, but I'm, I'm excited to play it on Switch because uh, it really has like a good sort of bite-size uh, pop-in, pop-out kind of feel to it. Um, also has like that kind of near instantaneous uh respawn like if you're like screw up a run right. you don't have to, like go through loading screens and everything you can just restart almost automatically like uh you know meat boy or celeste or something so yeah really cool really great style um yeah, it's funny you mentioned adventure time because i feel like that and nobody saves the world 
are both like my favorite adventure time games. Yeah, like using that uh, art style and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Um, which uh, I, yeah. I didn't really get a chance to mention the music much uh, during the review, but I'll say like it does have a really good soundtrack. It's kind of like uh, it's hard to describe, but it's like uh, lo-fi, like chill wave, electronic mm-hmm. type stuff. Um, stuff that is really good to like have playing in the background while you're skating, and you can kind of mm-hmm. reach that kind of zen-like moment when you're really trying to get a high score. Yeah, but um, the opening track is a song called um, "Yama" from a, a group called Far Dust. Like as it's giving you like the introduction, I have not stopped listening to that song since that game. Since I played that game, like it is an absolute banger. I be in the car with the volume on max, and my son is in the back seat because I'm dropping ball on the school bus, and he's like covering his ears because like I have the bass boost. Like it's <laughs> like listen, listen to that song. It's called Yama Far Dust. It's amazing. Hell yeah. No, it's a really good, really good track. Um, yeah, it's just been a good, uh, good opening month and a half or so for for indie games, and then you know, obviously, yeah. I think we're gonna get some more. Uh, probably announced later today at the Nintendo Direct that's going on in a few hours, guys. I'm gonna be honest, very excited for this Nintendo Direct. I never know. What Don't to expect be. For Nintendo these. has a, a way of <laughs> dashing all your hopes. And dreams. No, this is gonna this is gonna be a biggie. They're gonna they're gonna stealth drop should, Breath of the Wild too. It'll be should, great. Uh, you should go back to the last time there was a Nintendo Direct. See how you felt about that one. Uh, oh, the one with the one in September. Oh, I felt great aside from specific things, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of it was exciting. Uh, no, we're not going to be streaming it uh, because it, it is during uh, what's what's post CP post CP post CP. Yeah, it's at it's at four p.m. for I me mean, tonight. But te- I'm very excited. I if people really want us to do it, we could go. You know, I don't know. We I don't can't know. compete with our own stuff. What are you? What are we doing? This is how the Civil not, War. Started. Not everybody watches post ZP, Marty. Uh, we could stream it on my personal channel. If people really want to come watch it with us, but we're not planning on it today. I think you're you're trying to use us for your own brand. Nope, I don't have a brand. My brand is a uh, dead moth. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so bleak. <laughs> that, that's that's how somebody that's how somebody described my personality on Reddit. <laughs> dead moth. Yeah. Hey, you made it to Reddit though. Good for I you. I did. I did. It's, it was my. It, we were looking. I was looking around for. Uh, coverage of adventure is nigh and i stumbled upon a, a thread over on the zero punctuation subreddit you're not even in that show why are they being mean to you i don't know so well <laughs> the, well the, the topic i saw the topic was uh it was a poll on the zero punctuation subreddit what else do you watch on the escapist besides zero punctuation is like what do you think the answer is gonna be on a zero punctuation subreddit and then there were like a bunch of nice comments in there and then the one i read was like yeah that nick guy he should never get on camera he's got the personality of a dead moth i was like Okay, that's you, an interesting do you description. Think, <laughs> do you think moths are like really personable before they die? Like yeah. what's, when they're like, alive, like, they, they just yeah. kind of, kind of they like just kind of flutter around, way, right? Yeah, I guess I just flutter around. <laughs> you just flutter. Well, no, then, you're dead. I you poof, just lay there. I poof into powder when I'm punched. <laughs> you poof into powder. Uh, I think your personality is great, and I respect that you're trying to use us for your brand. Yeah. So that's something a dead moth would never do. You, yeah, dead, dead moths don't have friends. <laughs> dead moths don't have friends. No, they die. They die alone in the web of a spider. Yes, it, as uh, a puffy ghost cloud. As a puffy ghost cloud. Yeah. But in conclusion, I think the Nintendo Direct's gonna be sick. I think we're gonna see Kirby fish. I think we're gonna see the Advance Wars men do break the Geneva Convention and 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 launch <laughs> missiles. I think we're gonna get a uh, uh, new Fire Emblem game. Ooh, I think we're gonna get all sorts. Of stuff. I'm very excited about about the new Fire Emblem game. Yeah, well, time will only tell how that works out. Yeah. 
Uh, how are you guys not excited? Is it because you've been scorned by them time and time again? It's Nintendo. Yeah, I wanted a Switch Pro. I I haven't forgotten. I don't. I don't. I just don't. I don't have (laughs) expectations for these anymore. Oh man, I think it's gonna be great. Everyone, mark it down here. It's gonna be great. And then next week, the show's gonna start. I'm just gonna be smoking a cigarette and be like, I was wrong. (laughs) They did it to me again. (laughs) They did it to me again. Shiggy. That's why I call Shigeru Miyamoto. We're on we're on nickname basis. Yeah. He calls me he calls me M Dog. It's weird. Uh speaking of video games, let's get to our main topic. Tifu. No, no. We, we I we should we need to get noise machines so I can like we can have like a main topic sound. Uh, ask <laughs> we'll Jack just bring to send Jack you one. in. Yeah. No, I will have you <laughs> smash it off screen again. <laughs> uh but uh, yeah, so uh, uh, I was talking earlier about how there's like a, a, a big uh, flood of really good games right now, especially indie games. And uh, we got another one just a few days ago in uh, Sifu, the newest game from Slow Clap, the developer of Absolver. And if you've been online at all in the last week or so, you've probably seen uh, a lot of folks gushing over this game because, well, A, it's just like from its reveal, the game is like stupidly gorgeous. Um, its combat is really great looking uh very deep and also very difficult which uh opened up a whole other bag of worms and then there's been uh some uh sort of heated and interesting discussion over uh the representation and and being able to uh uh accurately portray other cultures in games so uh yeah there's a whole whole mm-hmm. whole mm-hmm. spider's web of stuff to talk about here but let's just start with the game itself uh i mean casey you you reviewed it so what are your thoughts on sifu uh yeah i loved sifu um like I, I thought it looked really cool when it was revealed, but to be honest, I, I wasn't really expecting a ton out of it. Like I didn't think it would be anything particularly special, uh, but I was very wrong because <laughs> um, I did not realize how much I missed like those classic arcade beat 'em up games. Because like when you're a kid and you're you know t- going to like something like Chuck E. Cheese or like some kind of uh, arcade somewhere, mm-hmm. that's always the kind of stuff you gravitate with. Especially me who had brothers, like those are like four player machines. We play like the X Men beat 'em up, the Simpsons beat 'em up uh maximum carnage like all all those oh, size say, beat em ups I, was, I thought you were gonna say with your your brothers you just played four player in real life beat em up <laughs> oh we did that too <laughs> you, you, you knocked over a trash can and found like a giant turkey yeah, no like wonder, to eat for, yeah. for full health no wonder you're nostalgic for it <laughs> it's like once once i really started getting the flow of seafood like i i realized how it was exactly like that mm-hmm. but just better bigger like it was just like the fully realized version of walking through a a level and having like a straight up street fight with somebody like it was and like the combat is so deceptively deep like some i know some folks when nick was streaming it were saying like oh is this all it is in terms of like the way the combat looked and like yeah there's some flashy like kind of finishers and stuff but like what's actually going on under the hood is a lot like your your brain is being used to its full potential as you're mm-hmm. going up against like these enemies because they're all doing different things even if they have kind of you know uh repeatable patterns and whatnot but it's it's how you react to them and like how you manipulate them as a fighter like because you can move them all over the place like you can you can throw folks after you've parried them you can sweep people's legs get put them on the floor um, you can th- throw objects at them. You can dodge objects that's coming back from you. Like there's so much happening at any given time that it's it's it really is like a, a skill challenge and a dance to kind of stay unharmed throughout the mm-hmm. fight, and then to also like dish out enough damage to put everyone on their ass. Um, so 
it's and also like uh, like Nick saw yesterday when he was going through the museum area, like they really designed super cool set pieces around the fights. So like the fights stay fun the whole time, but like the environment around you, like where where the combat is happening, always um, becomes like a big part of the the showcase. Mm-hmm. So you it, so all the fights end up feeling like just far more cinematic than they actually are based on just like where they're actually happening. Mm-hmm. And like how everyone's dressed, like the background, like it's it's it all just really comes together in a really really fun way that just really does pay homage to like martial arts movies, which is what they were going for. Yeah, it feels like uh, the the combat uh, is this really interesting mix of like you said, an evolution of like the classic arcade beat 'em ups, like whether it's Simpsons or Ninja Turtles or X Men or anything, mm-hmm. uh, with uh, kind of like the depth of a lot of fighting games. Like some of it honestly feels a little bit like Tekken or virtual fighter to me. Mm. Um, also with, uh, uh, sort of the character action games, like, you know, uh, God of War or Bayonetta or, or devil may cry, even with, uh, how you have to kind of mentally wrap your head around, okay, this is the scenario. There's five guys, there's a heavy in front of me. There's two running up from behind me. And like, in what order do I, uh, uh, you know, deal with these threats. Uh, and it's just something that you're constantly cycling through. And, and yeah, it almost feels also like a, a deeper version of like the Arkham combat a little bit where you have to play defensively. Um, like that's your best offense. A lot of times is defense or maybe your best defense is offense. One of them. Yeah. I think that during the stream. Yeah. yeah like, I, like Arkham is like, it, it is defense based, but that defense it boils down to a single button. Most times, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you see the marker and you hit the button. Mm-hmm. Like Sifu is also defense and counter based, but they force that they they make that part gameplay. Yeah, so like you have a just, lot of options in terms of dodging and blocking and yeah. countering. It's not just like in Arkham. It feels like okay, an attack is coming, so I will hit this button. Whereas in Sifu, you have to be like, an attack is coming. Okay, what kind of attack is this? Yeah, what do is I this do? Something yeah, to like, block, to parry, to to dodge low, to dodge high, to move out of the way. Yeah, and I it becomes an opportunity the... for you because if you do something specific, like if you parry an incoming punch, you can stun an opponent and then you have options. You can throw that guy into someone else. You can sweep that guy to put him on the ground and take him out of the fight for a while or something. Uh, you can push him backwards with a specific move that'll knock him off of a ledge if you're close enough. So like mm-hmm. it it just it's this web of opportunity based on what the enemies are doing at any given time and how you react to them. And like that is so much like a real fight. That like it, Sifu captures it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like the I like the combat in the Arkham games, but I mean, I don't know. After getting into the Souls games and especially Sifu, like I just I, I'm curious like how Gotham Knights is gonna handle combat with all these advancements, and because mm-hmm. I think I think mm-hmm. like stuff like this, the deeper mechanics are, and it doesn't have to be difficult. It, it can just have deeper mechanics and still be more fun, where you think a bit more rather than just. Oop, click Y when it pops up over screen to counter, blah, 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 you know. Um, so I'm curious. I'm, I'm really wondering. Cause these days now I kind of view the Arkham games as like more, it's just action flash combat is what I would call it. Like it's not a lot of deep substance to it. Mm-hmm. And then Sifu yeah. is more methodical and like you actually have to plan out your attacks a bit more so that you're not getting surrounded. Because you can get surrounded by 20 guys in an Arkham game and be completely fine. All you got to do yeah. is keep spamming Y. Uh, so... But Sifu, Sifu, like, really, you know, the more I played it, I was like, man, it'd be really cool to get, like, a Batman game in this style, you know, <laughs> with this style of combat or get a John Wick game with this and some guns. And uh, it's just, I love Sifu. Yeah, yeah like, I had I, such a good time. Like, with they, they really opened the door to, 
like the like the defensive side of combat mm-hmm. in a game. Like combat is usually so attack focused, and usually you like the best thing you'll get is like you know a roll with iframes or like a, a dash or something, right? And the, or a counter like in Sekiro, which again like from software would basically let you get a little bit more engaged in the defensive side by making you focus on countering the whole time, mm-hmm. like take an active part in not getting hit. Like this is like the next step in that like we've built out attacks for years now like let's build out the defense because it's just as fun we've just learned <laughs> yeah yeah Sekiro did an amazing job of that of like you know forcing you to think defensively which, mm-hmm. which is I think what makes that game kind of stand apart from from from's previous games um think, and then even, yeah like I you, think even Ghost of Tsushima had a better better feel for the countering like it has a lot of countering in it but it also like you did have to play quite defensively and kind of pick and choose your attacks and uh, yeah, you know, cycling through, you know, who you're going to target first, like the big shield guys. They got to go for some spears, target those. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, yeah, um, it, it's kind of funny thinking back to like the Arkham games, kind of mastered that style of combat, the countering combat early on. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious to see. You know, they spent so long on Gotham Knights, uh, and I know I know uh, Rockstead is not making that one. Uh, Ubisoft, or I mean, uh, Warner Bros. Montreal is making that one. But uh, yeah, I'm curious if they've kept up with the trend or if they're going to mm-hmm. do, you know, kind of what they're just known for and good at. Well, and especially with uh, Gotham Knights, well, both, I guess, Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad are both being built around uh, four distinct characters. So the idea mm-hmm. of are these characters going to play very differently, obviously, from what we've seen from Suicide Squad, someone like King Shark is going to play very differently than Harlequin. But um, yeah, I'm curious if, if in Gotham Knights we're going to see the same thing. And yeah, I, th- I think it, it is. Like it's, it. Yeah, yeah. But it's safe to say that, you know, like, you know, I, I feel like a lot of these games, combat systems we're talking about used like like Arkham crawled so these games could fly kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, uh, you know, Arkham sort of laid down the groundwork of what a lot of modern character combat uh, should be, you know, unless you're doing sort of crazy Bayonetta stuff. Um, but uh, yeah. And the other thing you guys mentioned about Sifu, which I, I think the game is stunningly gorgeous. And uh, I think it does a really great job of uh having sort of traditional you know set pieces where you beat up guys in a drug lab or you know beat up guys yeah. in a museum you know and what? then uh adam adam L, adam L made a good point uh it was wrong assassin's creed is the one that started that com- that counter combat maneuver stuff uh with your first uh, assassin's yeah creed. i mean i think arkham it wasn't much more arkham made it arkham yeah, made it better creed version assassin's yeah. creed one's combat if you go back and play that today oof. it's no, yeah, no good yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's not great it wasn't great then honestly you know yeah, but we, I guess you didn't have a lot to like compare it to. And I guess in no. Assassin's Creed, in those early games, like you weren't supposed like if you were surrounded by four guys, like you did something wrong, like you didn't you didn't do the assassination. I, I just I just ran into the towns and took out all the guards. <laughs> in Assassin's Creed One, yeah, your Altair did not follow the creed. No, <laughs> I was I was a brawler, Bad not assassin, an assassin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, the things that stand out to me in Sifu and the stuff that I'm going to remember it for is like the incredible moments where it like dips into kind of magical realism and fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it happens especially in boss fights, but also like a couple times throughout the things you'll either like the the world will meld into a flashback or like the, the first boss of the game, you, you're fighting him in a drug lab and then uh, uh, it, for the second phase of the fight, suddenly this like bamboo uh, uh, forest grows around you. And you're fighting mm-hmm. in there, and it's just like each boss has like a really cool and distinct sort of turn halfway through that makes it feel like something completely different. And uh, yeah, I mean, and, I think the game is, is 
that's kind of hinted at in like the the background story. Like there's lore mm-hmm. in Sifu. Like it, it it tells you that it's a kind of a straightforward revenge story, and it is, and it has like a fantastic opening. Like there's an article oh, written yeah. about it on the site as well. Like it has a really strong opening that just sells you on, hey, I got to get revenge for what has just happened. But if you actually read all those little newspaper articles and like pamphlets and key cards and stuff that he's picking up throughout the thing, you start to see that there's a connection. Like there's more that actually happened in this history that's that I'm very interested in finding out. Turns out there's a secret ending in Sifu. Oh, cool. Like, yeah, like I did not realize this. I had like I stumbled across it online as I was doing other research and stuff. And now I'm kind of replaying the game again. Um, I won't tell you how you get the secret ending. You can do that on your own. But I'm replaying it again to unlock the secret ending because I desperately want to know the end of the story. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I really do like the uh, the kind of the mystery board feel of like you find uh, if you wander slightly off the beaten path in a level, you can pick up something that will then be added to your 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 mood board i don't know i don't want to call yeah, it a mood board. board is what they're calling it <laughs> <Board>. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah it does a really I, I really like that it does the you know you, you having strings you know connect different threads and it's sort of organized by the the five levels and like the five people you're trying to get revenge against uh but i love that you know despite the the roguelike nature of the game which is something we can talk about next um mm-hmm. i like that there's this element of consistency with the board and you can find something in like the third level that opens up a shortcut or a secret path in the first level. And so the further you get in the game, the easier and, and sort of deeper it can make original levels, which makes the full flow of, you know, needing to kind of replay levels often in order to get out of them as young as possible, which just sounds mm-hmm. like nonsense if you don't know what this game is about. Um, <laughs> it makes that flow uh, a lot more tolerable because I feel like on uh, when I first heard about it, I was like, oh, am I going to have to just replay? Is this going to be like Spelunky or I'm just going to have to replay this game a thousand times? And like, am I ever going to get better at it? But um, I feel like it puts in uh, a lot of interesting uh, uh, sort of tweaks and, and kind of breadcrumbs to make that repetition uh much more manageable yeah it's really smart about the way it gives you shortcuts Mm -hmm. in that um it like it's optional right like you don't necessarily like taking a shortcut to the boss for a run isn't necessarily the thing you should be doing every time Mm -hmm. you go back sometimes you do want to take the long way because either there's some trinket that you might have missed um and because you've gone somewhere further there's like new dialogue that might actually open up for like some NPC that you've come across earlier and stuff. So like it, it makes it worth it to go back and continue exploring. Um, and also like that's how you kind of build out your character anyway. Like if, if the game is difficult, because that's where this is leading to anyway, like it's a very difficult game. There are ways to make it easier by grinding and essentially going back, fighting a bunch more, getting more use of combat system, but then buying new moves that help you do new things in combat over time. Yeah. Yeah, I really like what you're supposed to do. Like if you if you're beating this game without any of those extra moves and stuff, like you are some sort of like machine person because that that's I don't think they ever intended that to be the case. Yeah, I'm sure there's someone now who's like can can beat the game in like an hour on a dry run, like load up a new save and then make it straight through. Um, But they have to practice first is what I'm getting at. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've practiced quite a bit. Um, But yeah, and I really do like the. I, I like that sort of push pull of like in the museum level. Once you get to the boss, you can uh, unlock a key card that lets you almost on a, on a subsequent playthrough skip a vast majority of the level by taking an elevator 
um, kind of mm-hmm. straight to the boss. And but there is a push pull of like, well, I could do that, or I can go through the entire level, risk uh, getting to the boss at uh, uh, an older age, like but an older age, yeah. By going through the level, I can get uh, new XP and so maybe have a couple more skills to go against the boss or, or sort of power up my weapons or even like lower my death counter. So um, it, mm-hmm. it's it's a well the, the, the whole like reviving an aging system and then going back and playing levels, I think is pretty it's, it's pretty unique and well thought out, in my opinion. Yeah, I think I think one of the interesting things I've learned about like Sekiro and, and uh, Demon's Souls, Dark Souls, you know, even Sifu is I think you know, probably going to segue into the difficulty discussion now, but like one of the things mm-hmm. I've really learned about playing these games is I used to get, you know, two years ago when I was, I was or a year ago, however long it was when I was starting to play the dark souls games or hard, harder games, I would just die and die and die, get really frustrated and then put it down and never come back to it. And, and, you know, like when I go do my take about, ah, this game isn't for me, blah, blah, blah. Uh, then I kind of started to like segment how I play those games into Okay, I want to learn the combat system. So I'm going to focus on combat. I don't care if I die. Whatever. That's going to happen. Okay, now I've got the combat system. Now now I want to learn the parry system like in Sekiro. So I just go out and find the tough boss and start learning the parry system. I think like one of the like when these people, or I mean um, when you play these games, like one of the ways you can do that is just stop worrying about beating it and just worry about learning it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's and that's where I've come to really fun enjoyment with games like Sifu is like, I, you know, now that I've spent all that time in Dark Souls when I came to play this game, it was it was frustrating. Like I, I messaged KC, I was like, "Man, this first boss just sucks ass." Uh, and the developers went and tweaked it during a review period, anyway. So I think it, they kind of knew that one was maybe a little bit unbalanced because that guy does not. When you were when we were reviewing that, I don't I don't know if KC played before patch or or after patch, but I think the, I, the only patch I saw was after the early access version came out. So was that when the changes came, or did they change uh, it before that? By the, uh, they changed it before they you ch- started to review Casey. Okay. okay. Yeah. 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 So that first boss fight, when he first did it, like, man, he just, he would jump out, slash you with a knife, jump back, slip, jump back out, slash you with a knife again. It was just, it was ridiculously fast, too much for a first boss. So they went back and tweaked it and definitely made it slower. And I noticed the changes right away because I went and, and, uh, uh, I'd be beat up on the first try when I came back to it. Then the second boss, he's he's different. Um, and like if you don't, I think there's I think there's some things in the game where they could have made the tutorial kind of repop up before a boss and kind of remind you like, hey, you don't need to dodge this because that's when we were streaming Monday. You said you know weave with your character. And they, I don't think the game does a great mm-hmm. job of explaining that for that boss uh and so once i got the weaving down then i was like oh now i understand the defensive maneuvers of this game and that made it a lot easier and i've been now i've been moving through it at a steady pace um but it was kind of like one of those things where it's just yeah just if you're gonna play these difficult games and all that go in and don't worry about beating it just learn the learn the mechanics of it and then worry about beating it you know, have a much better time because that's that's what I've had to do. <laughs> like in defense of that second boss encounter, I think they do try to teach you that it's important to weave, especially with a staff wielding enemy, because they literally yeah. put a staff wielding enemy in the room, like two rooms before that. Yeah, yeah. to fight a pair only, of them, right? Like right. The no, two, you only fight. There's like a pair of dudes with staffs. No, you only fight one with staffs. Well, one with the staff, and then you go into the, but the it's two a, where it's a mechanic you really haven't had to use until that specific moment. The weaving. Like you really didn't need it for the first boss. Well, yeah, I, you didn't, yeah, I guess you didn't really need it, but the thing is, yeah, like if you were using it, 
then you, it's it's immediately apparent that it's a thing that you should be doing. Right. Well, <laughs> I, and I think it, it might even be a UI thing where like, you know, a lot of games will give you a direction to weave. Uh, even even like an Absolver, which you I don't think you've played, like it's directional based combat, kind of like For Honor, uh, where you choose mm-hmm. a stance and then you, you block her up or down, left or right. Seafood doesn't have that. So having to remember to LB and then, you know, there's the the duck, the the lift and then the weaving. That's, that's a lot to remember without at least like some yeah, they, they kind of yeah, leave to it you to that. your visual understanding of what's happening. Yeah. So, uh, so and honestly, and that's just most an of that comes with time. Yeah, well, that's an accessibility thing they could have had too. It was just a UI element that shows the stances that you're gonna like, because that's what I had a hard time remembering to. You lift your foot up, you do LB up, not down, because I'm thinking my foot's down, so LB down. Yeah, I, I was then, doing that too for yeah, a while. So <laughs> yeah, but uh, no. So I think the larger conversation about difficulty is just. I think you know our title is why is why is it such a contentious topic just to even discuss? Um, you know, so I wanted to get into that because I think it's. I think it's interesting because I was one of those people a year ago that I uh, the get good crowd annoyed the fuck out of me. Um, still does. <laughs> like I still get annoyed when people come into our reviews and all that and go get good. It's like okay, <laughs> um, but I was never like I was always interested in the Dark Souls games and I kept trying them, kept trying them. But I just couldn't get into it, and then you know one day it finally clicked for me. Um, and then when you see a lot of the discussions on it's like this game was just hard for the sake of being hard. Fuck that game. Like it shouldn't just add an easy difficulty or, you know, and then the whole discussion turns into don't tell developers what to do. Let them make the game they want to make, you know? Uh, and then it turns into accessibility issues of like making games accessible for people that want to play it on an easy mode just to explore the world and all that. And then people come in again, it's like, mm-hmm. don't change the developer's vision. Like I think there's, it, I think it's kind of ridiculous how contentious that topic gets because the way I, I mean, when I look at it, it's like, it's like a, a Dark Souls game. You make the game a little bit less difficult by having like health sliders for the bosses. And we're here. Like to, how Fallen Order did. Yeah. And, and, and that's all tied to RPG mechanics, though. Cause like if you spend the time grinding up your character and everything and upgrading your mechanics, that's basically doing exactly that. And I think a lot of people don't seem to realize that when they play that. But. Um, you know, that's, that's, that's my take on it. Having been in that position and now playing those games. Um, but I find it funny that it's like only centered on action games like Sifu or, uh, Dark Souls or Elden Ring or whatever, because man, those CRPGs are hard as fuck and nobody complains about those. Detective <laughs> games tend to be like extremely yeah. difficult as yeah. well. Yeah. Like Divinity Original Sin 2, even on normal difficulty is a bitch of a game. I, I got sick of it. I went and played on story mode uh, and, and then I went back and played it on like the original difficulty just to see the difference of it and everything. But like, but it has difficulty options. No, it does. But I mean, it, the souls games technically do. That's, that's kind of like, really they absolutely like, don't like, they tech, if well, you I mean, spend not, your time grinding up your character, it, that's it's, not a difficulty option. That's absolutely not. That's way I'm not saying than, a specifically a difficulty option, but it is, it does the same purpose. You, you level up your character, you damage the enemies faster. It's the same thing as reducing a, a game from normal to easy. You get higher hit points <laughs> on normal and easy. <laughs> that's not, it's absolutely not the same thing. It is a, it is a very different. How is it different not? I, I can, I can kind of see what Nick is getting at, but it, it is, it's work. That's the difference, right? Yeah. Yes. Like, but you can't, the, the you, question, but the souls games are, you can't play those games without learning the mechanics. 
So yes, there is a obviously so, so, obviously so there's a difference. At. Yeah, obviously uh-huh. there's a difference between going out and grinding to make the game easier. But the Souls mm-hmm. games are a mechanics based game. You have to learn the mechanics to play those games. You just that's that's what they are. In an action game like Bayonetta or something like that, you reduce the difficulty from easy to normal, whatever. You're really just reducing the health bars of those enemies because they balance out the the hit points you do on them, or they balance up your life points and how much damage they take away from you. That's what I'm saying. It's not. Oh, that, yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying because yeah, like since there is no way to do that in right. an RPG. Yeah. Well, no, the the way to do that in an RPG is to grind, I guess, weaker enemies. But the the question is like, what if? What if that's the hard part for people, right? Like right. some of the lesser enemy encounters can be pretty difficult uh, for whatever reason, maybe even uh, accessibility reasons, right? Like in, in games like Dark Souls, like basic enemies can kill you. And if you're going to, if you're going to grind uh, souls on something that's basically not a threat, that's going to take you like hours and hours and hours and hours. Mm. And like, that's probably not fun. <laughs> so oh. like that as an option in terms of getting to the difficult stuff that everyone else is playing like that doesn't really seem like a good solution if you think about it that way right and yeah. i don't and i don't see a problem in adding like you add the developers adding another setting to a souls game for example where it let's just call it story mode where your mm-hmm. character is invulnerable and you get to go explore the world and kill everything, and there's the regular mode for everybody else that wants to play it regular. I, there, I don't see any reason why that can't be in the game or why it's a problem. And the people mm-hmm. that do, I, I agree with you. The people that do is like, well, it'll break the game. Like, no, it won't. You still get the normal experience. They can add it in later for that matter. And games have done that before. There's a lot of games these days that are difficult, and developers go back and add story modes so you can experience it. I'm trying to remember the most recent one that I that I saw that did that. Um, uh, Soma did that. Soma, yeah, Soma did that for its horror horror aspects, where they removed yeah. all the horror stuff so that you could just experience the story yeah. pretty much as a like. I totally think I think Sifu, uh, both for like the story stuff that Casey was saying, and also yeah. just the aesthetic stuff we were talking about, how like how fucking cool so many of the elements of the game look. Yeah. I think there there probably are people out there who don't um, don't have either the skill or the patience or the time or maybe the like literal physical dexterity um uh, mm-hmm. because of a disability to to get through the combat and i don't think I, I i don't think we need to say you need to put a difficulty thing in the game or i'm not gonna play the game or yeah, you right. we're gonna like you know we're gonna uh, boycott from software until they make an easy mode mm-hmm. i do think it's ultimately up to the developer yeah. but that being said i do applaud developers when they do think outside the box and do that like i love that uh maddie thorson who made uh, uh celeste if you play that game in in the the way it it was originally modeled that game is such a tough as nails smart reaction based uh platformer that you will die a million times accomplishments yeah (laughs) you'll die a million times trying to get to the top of that mountain but if you do it in the way that the game is initially presented you will feel so good by the end of it you'll get that same rush of adrenaline that you do when you finally beat a tough boss in in a souls game or, or anything like that uh or that game has a ton of sliders that allow you to change the speed of obstacles, the speed of your character. You can slow down mid jump and it makes the game. If you want to play it for its, its, its story and its message, which I think is also really good. Um, you almost anyone can get through the game because of those sliders. So I mm-hmm. applaud what the Celeste team did. Um, and, also, and I don't, Oh God. No, no, just to add on to what you're saying, like it also 
rather than sl- you know using sliders and things that manipulate the actual physics of the game, mm-hmm. they put difficulty in the game design. Like yeah. there, are, like you, there's a hard mode in it by just collecting the strawberries that they hide in it. Yeah, right? like yeah. If you you can ignore them and still get through the game, and that's like the normal difficulty. But you get yeah. those strawberries, and that's like the hard version, which is also like really cool to do. Like yeah, I, I wouldn't have minded if Sifu added like a invincibility mode, right? So you can just yeah, get through the end of everything. Yeah. Or you don't age when you, every time you get back up, you're just the same age. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like, and and that's where like, I I don't know. I've already seen the people in chat. like, Oh, you know, they can't, uh, can't add it as easy difficulty. thing. people don't get the experience of the game. Like if you don't, then people don't experience the game at all. So it's not, and it doesn't have to be watered. I think that's where like a lot of the contentious part is like people hear the word easy mode or difficulty. It's like, like, you know, you can't change the developer's vision. Kind of like we were just Mm -hmm. talking about, but it's, you don't have to change a developer. Any developer will tell you, you don't have to change the vision to first make the game that they want to make and then add things in later that change it. Soma, Soma shows this. Soma was the last game I thought would ever get a thing where you just remove the horror and still get the same experience. And I played it on both. Yeah. I played it with the horror and I played it without it. And like the atmosphere yeah. and everything, the game sells it. And I didn't, I didn't really care for the, the chase and hide mechanics because it just slowed down my progress of the story. Uh, yeah. And so like I, a horror game was the last game I thought would remove that stuff and still have it work. Um, and that, that I found really interesting, but like, I, I think people are get way too hung up on, Oh, I want people to experience that developer's vision. I was like, well, some people like Jack wants to play Sekiro, but he's, he does not have the reflexes for it, <laughs> uh-huh. you know? Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Like there's no, there's no good reason to exclude like a, no. any, group of people who want to experience a game yeah right so I, like if it's it's such a it's such a stupid talk topic to even be contentious and i think it just yeah. it gets that way because i i think well there's just purists that are it's, like you can only play this game this way and you don't get the experience i, I think and, it's it boils down to elitism is yeah. what it is <laughs> I, I don't even know if it's elitism i think i think having gotten into the souls game the past year and like using the community to learn the game there were people that definitely were like, you need to play it this way to get it. And I didn't mm-hmm. like being told that. Um, but then I, I kind of started taking the advice from the community on like, here's things you can do to make the game easier and all that. And once I started listening to that, I, I got it. And I'm still like in the crowd of, I mean, there's still people that come and tell me like, you know, you have to try this build mm-hmm. or do this weapon or like, Oh my God, you can't use that material that way. It's like, I don't want to be told that. Um, but, experiment go nuts yeah and yeah. so like i know i know deep scrub saying that's elitism but it's i think there are people <laughs> like people want you to experience what they experienced because it was so impactful yeah which them. is which is an understandable thing right. right like you you have like this life-affirming life-changing experience in a game you're like oh i want to yeah. talk about that with someone i want my friend to know that feeling that i had right mm-hmm. so they're, they're saying like recreate it do what i did but you know, people are different. Like yep. they may not get exactly what you got by doing exactly what you did. They might get it another way. They may not get it ever at all. Mm-hmm. But the thing that I think, uh, the, like this problem stems from, like people, people think that the way they play a game is the right way. Well, it's it's that, and then this notion of changing a developer's vision to fit a wider audience, and people don't want, you know, secure Dark Souls to be watered down and and i think that's where they, they see it as you add the easy difficulty then it waters it down t- 
to being a not Dark Souls game. And it's like that's I don't I don't know where that I mean I don't know where that mindset on the easy difficulty. Then yeah, exactly. I don't know where that mindset comes from your experience, of course. Yeah. And that's but now was, that we have Elden Ring coming up and it's already been in the news that they're planning to make this more accessible to newer players. Like, is that a thing that well, folks are saying like, oh, Elden Ring is ruined. I'm not going to play it because it's going to be too easy now. Yeah, they haven't really said like, it's going to be easier. Is that going on? They haven't said it's going to be easier for like the combat's not going to be easier, but the getting through the world is easier in Elden Ring, which was one of the problems with Dark Souls, I think, is that a lot of people don't want to run through that entire world over and over and over again. Like when you die, sometimes you lose 15, 20 minutes of progress. In Elden Ring, when we were playing the beta, um, there's there's a lot more checkpoints because there's a lot more ground to cover in the world. Uh, uh-huh. And I think I think that's a small little change that doesn't really change much for me. Like, you know, I still have to go mm-hmm. through and beat that boss. Like, that's that's the part I want to get to. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then, you know, some people are chatter saying, like, oh, they'll complain about it, but they won't buy it anyways. Well, maybe they would if there was more <laughs> options to play it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I uh, my thing is, like, I feel like again, I don't. I'm not saying a developer has to do anything. They can do whatever. Yeah. They can do whatever they want. They yeah. make in that game. They could do whatever they want. Yep. I just assume adding those sort of accessibility options would lead to more sales. So I almost don't know why they don't do that. But it's I don't know. It's, it's their call. It's not. It's not my call. They make the games. I don't. Um, and I also wonder. This is. Is this the only? medium of art where this is a discussion is it just i mean because games is like the only thing that like actively push yeah try to stop you from yeah but is it like i don't know are there like crazies out there who say uh you shouldn't be able to watch a movie with subtitles because it's like if you unless you know korean you're not allowed to experience parasite or like unless you know japanese the infamous like subs the, versus dubs discussion. That's what yeah, that is. Is this what this <laughs> is? <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> like, oh, you need to listen to it in Japanese. Yeah. And read the subtitles because the English voices don't do it justice. They don't get across the same emotion, blah, 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 yeah. blah. Yeah. You don't understand Japanese. You don't know how yeah. bad or good these voice actors actually are. Yeah. <laughs> or is is easy mode just like a sparks note of like a dense Shakespeare tragedy <laughs> that in like high school? I was like, I don't, I definitely don't understand this. Just that's, someone that's, someone teach it to me in regular language. Yeah, that, well, that's what uh, Kevin Allen literally just said. I was about to say rewrite a book with easier words. Like that's when I've been reading sci-fi and I'm like, I don't understand a fucking word of these crazy yeah. concepts in space that you're talking about. Make this tell me rock hits planet. <laughs> that's what i want to hear <laughs> yeah, I, I like that as a um example but largely because it's not the same like that it doesn't work the same like it's not as yeah. simple as like it's more like this isn't a language i can't read make it in a language i can read think of it that way not mm-hmm. i you know what i mean like not it's not vocabulary based it's accessibility based like if i cannot speak a language you're saying my best bet to read a book is to go and learn the entire language. Like, does that seem reasonable to you? It would be more reasonable to translate it. Someone who does have the ability to do that work for me translates it. And then I can enjoy that thing. Like that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Yeah. And like, it's obviously not like a one-to-one analog and we're kind of but like super seriously. Yeah. But no, I, I, I kind of agree with that. So yeah. And I don't think there's, I don't, again, what we keep saying, we're not telling anyone how to make their things. Yeah. And I'm not, I, I, I'm not telling FromSoft to, to, to put God mode into all their games. 
I'm just saying that I think if you did make games more accessible like that, you'd I think you'd ultimately find a bigger audience. And I think there's a lot of people who, for one reason or another, if they literally can't get through a challenge, um, would be able to experience like the the world of Bloodborne. Like Yardim's such a cool location. Like that's such a cool location, such a cool story, and such cool aesthetics. And I'm bummed that like certain people I know will never be able to experience it just because you know they they can't or won't be able to get through it. Yeah. Um... You know, and I, I noticed somebody in chat said, like, you know, I think part of the reason it's contentious is because a lot of times when people do ask for these changes, it does come off a bit as demands is like, mm-hmm. and I don't like that personally. Like I've, you know, having done the documentaries and, and been in, in, entwined with developers and everything, like they don't want to be told, you know, what to do on their vision. Like it's their vision for their game. But, um, you know, I think I think I think that is a big part of where it does become contentious is where people that don't play the games and haven't taken the time to maybe understand them complain about them. And that I understand. And I, maybe I didn't a year ago before I played dark souls because I was, I, like I said, I'll keep rehashing it is that I was somebody that just thought those games were difficult for the sake of being difficult because I did not have the patience to sit down and actually learn them until I streamed them and then had people actually helping me out with them and, and getting me through that. And so when it does come off as like, this game has to cater directly to me so that I will play it that, that I can see as being contentious. And so like, I think, I think a lot of it's just, it really does boil down to that is when like we need, we need better ways to communicate like, Hey, here's some things we maybe could do to make this game accessible to more people without it, without turning into, cause that's, that's like what, you know, I'm going to get yelled at for bringing up Twitter, but a lot of the times these discussions start on Twitter, right? And it's just somebody writing an article that didn't play the game, didn't take the time to understand it, complaining that it's difficult. And then, you know, like going after the developers for it kind of thing. Um, yeah. Nick, we made it an hour and five minutes and then you brought up Twitter. <laughs> well, I mean, that's where a lot of these discussions start. So <laughs> our Twitter handles are below us. It's going to come up, but um you know, and then, and then those, so those, anyways, I see it as like a, a, a snowball effect is like those articles come out. Then the YouTubers come in or like defend the games that they love because they've spent a lot more time covering, playing those games than maybe the traditional press has. And then it just keeps cycling through. And so I know we're going to see, we're going to say the same thing with horizon because it's um, forbidden West because I'm watching my girlfriend play that right now. And I forgot how difficult that game can but be. Your girlfriend played the new horizon. Your girlfriend's playing the new horizon no, before the, we are the old one. Oh, I was gonna say. I was like, "All right, we need to have a meeting about this." No, she's playing. The, she's playing the old game, okay, and good. so I kind of forgot how difficult that game can be for somebody that's kind of newer to games and how many mechanics there are mm-hmm. between switching all your your weapons and everything. Um, and so uh, switching. Yeah, I've been running away from types. most of the enemies. In that, <laughs> yeah, my way. <laughs> so you know, this session's gonna come up again. They're gonna come up again for Elden Ring. It's all gonna be the same stuff. Like it's up for Sifu right now. When I think Sifu, like in my opinion see if you just need some other some more ui elements and that will basically get people over all that hurdle of difficulty in that game because it's not that hard i don't think it's really that difficult once you learn the mechanics of it yeah it takes practice but like the thing is it always it always slides into the the disability and accessibility discussion as well because sometimes it's not about just making a thing easier it's like okay the fact that someone's hands don't work the same way as another person yeah, yeah. makes this kind of game impossible for them to play and like that's that is a difficult thing to develop around and like it sucks but that that's not going to be the focus of a lot of 
devs. Like they're gonna they're gonna try to make a game that they themselves can play, like based yeah. on like their own ability. Yeah, and like they just won't be thinking. Well, there's you know let's let's how make to sure adjust it for someone who can't. Yeah, let, let's make sure we're separating like making a game less difficult and easier to play and making a game actually accessible for somebody to play. Right. Um, Those could yeah, be, they, they, they can, they can be they intertwined. Can flow back and forth between each other. Yeah, they yeah. can be, they like can every, be every intertwined. Every time one gets brought up, the other always gets brought up. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think that's another part where it becomes contentious because like people conflate difficulty with accessibility when they are not the same thing. They can include some of the same things though, like slowing mm -hmm. down a character's movements. So somebody with slower, um, uh, slower reaction times can actually play the game. Yeah, that's a thing. Um, yeah, no, but. and I think and I think it's uh, I, I I think it's admirable that we're seeing more and more like we're seeing organizations like Able Gamers and folks like like mm -hmm. Steven Spawn and and you're seeing uh, developers like even big developers and publishers like Sony and like uh, uh, EA who are like bringing in people early on to be like, all right, how do we flesh out accessibility options in games and we had you know the last of us part two two years ago like it was it was awarded for for the amount of just the wild amount of modifiers it had for accessibility options for for visual impaired hearing impaired color impaired like all this stuff that i was like man this is like i need someone to explain all this to me because i legitimately don't understand how like they, there's like a way you can play the last of us part two if you're blind which is just like wild to me but I, and i think it's really cool yeah. that you know it it's it's obviously a small fraction of their audience, but like for those people, I, I imagine you're feeling really seen and heard that, uh, you know, one of the biggest games of the past couple of years, uh, uh, you know, had options that, that uh, were created with folks like you in mind. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I think it's cool when games have it. Um, I don't think somebody, again, somebody we, we're it. all fans of the FromSoft games as well, which <laughs> if you've ever watched anything on the escapist, I think it's clearly probably the developer we, talk about and showcase the most of anyone which is insane because we got a new kirby game coming out none of us are talking about it <laughs> hey if it's got souls mechanics I, we'll talk all about it it's I got fishing, kirby, don't <laughs> fishing. you don't like kirby <laughs> i love kirby kirby oh. is adorable i don't care about that game yeah. uh, it's too scary because it's post-apocalyptic so yes somebody did bring up <laughs> multiplayer games out of difficulty like that i feel like that's a whole other discussion because it's completely based on the skill of other players and not the mechanics of a game what multiple like what a like competitive multiplayer games yeah difficulty? some yeah somebody said like some, nobody ever talks about difficult multiplayer games but i when it's completely relying on player versus player like that's not really a that's not really a difficulty in games discussion yeah, what, what are we talking about here matchmaking pretty much skill, <laughs> like, skill, like, yeah. skill based matchmaking but there's no way there's no there's no way yeah, to that, work around that 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 sounds fake I, that's not a thing yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh well how's this for uh a, a, a fake solution to this difficulty problem, right? Right. Fix uh, a the next uh, Elden Ring is out on the horizon. It comes out. It's next hard Elden as Ring? balls. It is <laughs> the hardest game that From Software has ever released. And they tell you after three weeks, the easy the easy version of it will now replace the hard version. Oh so no! And beat this game. At its hardest in three weeks, you will never get the chance. Everyone after that point gets the easier <laughs> version of the game. How how would the world react? <laughs> That's my question. I love it. That I love it. I love it. Patches. <laughs> Let chaos reign. I love it. Yeah, you get good in those three weeks or F you, right? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody happy. I don't doubt it. I feel like. <laughs> That's funny. Guys, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to wait those three weeks. 
<laughs> I'll see you guys in April. I'm gonna I'm gonna love playing that game in April. Nope i I think I made a I think I made a good point yesterday though about like difficult games. Like if if you have the ability to play it like I do, uh, they could be great for creating content from because boy do people like watching you fail. Uh, but they yep. also like watching you overcome your, your challenges. So mm-hmm. maybe uh, like, you know, instead of writing the articles complaining about it, get on a stream and start learning the game and let people laugh at you and have fun with it and get better at it. <laughs> everything doesn't have to be about content, Nick. Yeah, all everything's Nick, about content. My brand, Calandra. Everything's about content. <laughs> That's Don't not something me. our dead moth would say. Yeah. <laughs> um, Make that my but, new Twitter handle. Yeah, I think in conclusion, uh, Sifu, it's a really good game. <laughs> I think everyone should check it out. It is kind of tough. I wish the game had a demo. I think it'd be cool if they put like a little demo. I think every game should have a demo though, because I think especially when it comes to tough games, it had a like, press demo. So like, it should have a demo. Yeah, and the press demo was like the it was the start of the club, uh, and it didn't make it to the boss of the club. It was like the first. Yeah, it was like half of the club. Half of yeah. the club. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. That's another thing. I just missed the 360 era when the, you were, like, legally, they had a gun to your head and you were forced to do a demo. That's what yeah. we need to do. We need to Bring hold guns to developers' heads more to force them to make demos. Don't do that. I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to do not that. Also, people are angry that the game's cool. not on Steam. And so yeah, I, I kept seeing that. Like, just buy, like, if you want to play the game, buy the game on Epic. Like, what are you doing? Although, like, maybe it's an accessibility thing. You only want to have one thing on your computer, so maybe we shouldn't be judgmental. Remind me when they complain about Microsoft being a monopoly, but they only want one one place to buy PC. Yeah, games. Like that's that's what we're <laughs> Nick. Like I, I fully support putting your money where your mouth is. Like don't support bad decisions in in video games. Like if you don't want to see less of a thing, don't spend money on it. But this is like the opposite of all the stuff you want. Like people hate exclusivity, but you only want Steam to have all the games on the computer. Like what are you talking? about? <laughs> The, 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 the Epic, I mean, the Epic Game Store has a lot of problems. It's not great. Uh, it's missing a lot of features. No, I know, I know. Well, does well, it? it does for some people because they only. I mean, like I said, I, I the reasons I, I saw. I understand the hypocrisy of it, but I hate in the same. Yeah, like yeah, the, I, the, the reasons I've seen are stupid. That's well, what I'll that's, say. That's what you have. GOG I haven't Galaxy seen a good reason now. for not diving into the Steam uh, the Epic Store ecosystem. Um, yeah, I'm not gonna. You know, people are already being annoying and chat about <laughs> defending a big game store. Shut the fuck up. It's a game store. It's got problems with it. <laughs> talking about buying a game on it. If you don't want to buy the game, I on think the sport, uh, store, we need it. to support scrappy indie developers like the creators of Fortnite. Yeah, and yes, uh, HR Khan says EGS is still better than the Microsoft store. Yes, the Microsoft store is awful. I can never get the yeah, Xbox app to work. Does that on still my exist? It's, you can still it's, like, just, it's just on the Xbox store, but it's I can never get it to work like it's supposed to. It's awful. It's awful. 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 Yeah, and it being awful has nothing to do with uh, the fact that it, that's where you buy the game. If that's where the game is and you want to play that game, tough well, titty. No, nope. wait, wait a year if you want. Tough titty? <laughs> Speaking of euphoria, that show's got a bunch of tough titties. Yes. And I don't want to hear about Epic bribing devs to have exclusive Epic Game Store releases because that's what every Not platform bribing, holder, it's, it's paying, it's paying them so they can make the game. <laughs> you know nothing, chat. <laughs> Jeez, these money. games wouldn't like, exist without tra- some of those deals. It's, it's a contract. Like what? Are you talking about? <laughs> anyway, we're, 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 we are we are way off in breakout territory for topics. So I don't even want to get. I don't want to talk about the Epic Game Store because it's the most annoying conversation ever. 
I think we need more bribes in games, personally. I think bribing <laughs> is the root of creativity. Yes, and Ali Hashani calling, calling me out for saying shut the fuck up about Epic Game Store. I literally just said that there's problems with it. I don't want to talk about the Epic Game Store. It's all stupid. Also, there's a bunch of, I don't know, they put a bunch of free games on it. That's neat. Yeah, oh. get your free games. <laughs> get them freebies. Yeah. Like the, I, the problems with but, Epic Game Store are that it's not exactly like Steam. And Steam has its own share of problems. Well, so Epi- rather Epic, than complain that it's not like Steam, they should have tell they them should, what they need to fix. Well, they have been. They're just taking forever on it. They should they should have launched that store with the features that we're expecting on it. Like let's not let's not give them a pass on that. Uh, it's a it's a storefront. <laughs> Steam. If you're going to compete with Steam, launch it with play the, video games. I know that. I don't but really there's, interact with any well, of that's you. their features. To be honest, that's you. But I, <laughs> like I if just the features are bad. You don't use them. Same with my PlayStation. I don't hang out on my PlayStation's UI because mm-hmm. I don't like their their software stuff. I can't. But I'm on my Xbox all the time. Yeah, I, I my just hanging out. I can't. I can't have any uh, real discussion over Epic Game Store because I don't care. And also, uh, the uh, PC subreddit on Reddit is so utterly toxic and awful about the store that I just I noped out of anything to do with that. That's every subreddit on Reddit. Don't go there. That's not true. There's some nice subreddits on there. But anyway breakout like like what data is beautiful i don't want to get into it shut up <laughs> i'm not gonna talk about this because <laughs> then there's i would say you said there's some nice subreddits i, know, and I was I'm gonna not, say what I'm are not, some of them i'm, like, not, I'm not getting Ooh, that's cute.com or nope nope i'm just not getting into it look at these r slash dogs yeah r slash dogs nope r slash euphoria full frontal ice cream nope we already made people in the in chat mad about the epic game store i'm not i'm not doing more this is this is worse than twitter that's fine i'm going back to twitter twitter's safer we didn't make them mad nick they started that way that's true that's okay i love our community you guys are all great just shut the fuck up about the epic game store though <laughs> I'd be like, hey, do you guys get mad if like someone like like goes to one grocery store chain instead of another or like i only see my movies at amc do not put a marcus theater near me that is not how i need to see the spider-man no way home we should, like, we should no, only have we're, we're gonna, apples if we're gonna have this discussion we need to get darren in on it because he will tell you all about people's love of corporate brands so Gotta love them corporate brands. <laughs> yeah. D plus till I die. D plus till I die. Uh, wow, this has been a this has been a, a big a big a big fat meaty good old seafood. This has been a seafood all you can eat buffet, if I may say so myself. Uh, Henry says R slash Nick Calendra. Uh, Nick, do we have any do we have any superb chats? I think we. we I don't know we, if we got. Any yeah, superb we have chats. a couple. I can't believe we didn't get some paying us to yell at us about Epic Game Store yet. That's because Epic's already paying us. Yeah, you could pay, fat, you fat could bribes. You could super chat us to say something bad about the Epic Game Store. Look at that. Uh, okay, let's see. Andrew Higgins, yeah, money to us instead of Epic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we need that money, not indie developers that make games that you want to play. <laughs> Andrew Higginbottom donates two pounds. Says today is International Pizza Day. Pizzazz time. I'm gonna I'm gonna make a I'm gonna make a little frozen boy tonight just in honor of that. <laughs> kick up that pizzazz Ooh, it's gonna be spinning it's gonna have heat coming from the top heat coming from the bottom give the crust a nice crisp give the cheese uh, a little how melt do you, how do you maintain your pizzazz you said you've had it for like decades now right mm-hmm. like is there like a routine you have, like, special oils to, like special and- oils how is it not like a rusty dangerous mess right now is what i'm asking <laughs> Okay, let me just be clear to everyone. I am not in a romantic relationship with my pizzazz. It is I, platonic. I don't believe it. This is there's only there's only one robot I'm attracted to, and it's the Five Nights at Freddy's chicken or whatever. I don't know one of those Five Nights at Freddy's robots. 
whatever which one the one that does all the sex eyes <laughs> squawky or squawk yeah five nights at freddy's fans were very mad when i said that they all just wanted to fuck the the robot animals that's what i said about sonic fans too i said everyone to fuck big the cat and they all got mad at me and it turned out they all did so whatever they're mad at the truth that's all yeah there's, there's a bible verse all about it yeah corinthians i don't know anything about probably sonic. who knows who knows I, I, it's good oh chica chica's her name thanks brent Oh, Thanks. That was very that was very important information. Yeah. I thought it was squawky. Now, now, it country. Is. now it is. Cali. Now it is yeah. squawky. Hurry uh, uh. Riggers donates two dollars says would Sifu benefit from a with a uh Ghost of Tsushima like lethal mode? I think that's where that, you, was you it, get hit like, like one, one time. Hit. Yeah. Jesus, would it benefit from getting harder? <laughs> don't, don't go in that direction. Go in the other direction. Uh what, what, game, what is Ghost of Tsushima's lethal mode? I, I'm almost sure it's like a one hit. For everyone? The thing is that that makes a lot more sense in a game like Ghost of Tsushima because Ghost of Tsushima is not that difficult. Like, there, there are situations in Sifu where you cannot not get hit. Like, if like two or three enemies are attacking you, like, there's literally no way to avoid every single thing in my they mind should, anyway maybe someone will do it a, and prove me wrong bone breaker mode where if they hit you in the right spot it can disable your leg or arm and then you just have to flop it around and try to kill them with it uh so <laughs> lethal mode is uh, uh everyone is more powerful you and the enemies oh so it's like uh, what what would actually happen if you cut someone with a sword <laughs> just slice them yeah. Yeah. so i mean i guess Ooh, yeah give us yeah give us like a gang beast sifu mode <laughs> ragdoll effects i mean that's metal gear rising revengeance that's true. Yeah. Just let me let me let me cut my watermelon and cut my men in half. It's great. Uh sure, do everyone. Add hard modes, add easy modes, add no modes. Okay. Just have uh, a yeah, have a mode where it just erases everything off your hard drive. It's fine. Do everything. Not your like it deletes your game and you have to buy it over. <laughs> yeah. Uh Beast March. <laughs> your license. Beast March donates two dollars, says I only go to Alamo Draft House. Uh, I miss the Alamo Draft House. I miss having one near me. Do you guys have Alamo Draft Houses in New York cities? Uh, What's remember. that about beer? I don't do beer. No, it's a movie theater. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a fancy movie chain that uh, is all about like they show not only new movies but like uh, they have like really great uh, they have like Terror Tuesdays where they show old horror movies and Weird Wednesdays where they show all sci uh, fi shit and uh, but they're also like they have a strict they have commercials beforehand where like anyone who any cell phone goes off, you're kicked out of the theater. Anyone who looks at their phone, kicked out of the theater. Talking, you're kicked out of the theater. Um, uh, but it's yeah, great. They have a lot of directors at screenings. They have uh, yeah, but you can also yeah. order order I no or, idea. Order hooch and food. They have good food. You can yeah. order. Deeb <laughs> says, "Remember when this podcast was supposed to be about beer?" <sighs> and then we told Nick, "Nick, it's nine in the morning. You can't be drinking every morning." That's what you think. Just kidding. I, that is absolutely what I think. <laughs> yeah. uh, SES Guru 2000 donates five euros. As games are niche that ch- that some chose to get good at, they tie their self worth to it and balk at lower difficulties because it lessens themselves. I mean, yes, there are people that tie their self worth to being good at video games, and those people are embarrassing, and you shouldn't do that. Yeah, that that's kind of like <laughs> the elitism thing that I yes, was definitely. mentioning. It's like I'm, yeah, like I'm good at video games you should aspire to be as good at 
as don't, me at video games. Don't don't yeah, don't, I don't tell yourself worth entertainment. entertainment. Enough. <laughs> don't tell yourself yeah. worth entertainment. It's just simple. I think that's also that's similar to the sub dub thing, honestly, in anime because I think it's it's uh, both games and anime started as a very uh, niche uh, pastime and have now mm-hmm. grown into a very mainstream pastime. And I think some of the folks who who feel like they were there on the ground floor should have more of a say in things. And I don't think that's true. I mean, I don't know. Games should be for everyone. But also, if you want to make a hard game, whatever. I'm not going to stop you. Yeah. I'm not, I, I don't have people, the energy. I like stuff. those for different games. reasons. Like, yep. <laughs> yeah, like there are people who like games for the challenge that they provide. There are people who like games for the escapism. There are people who like games as power fantasies. Sometimes mm-hmm. people who like games play a game that isn't necessarily their thing and you end up you know, not liking that game. It happens. Yep. You, know, you know, move what, on. You know what <laughs> I, I, I don't mind difficult games. You know what I mind is I mind games that waste my time. Uh, yeah, that, like that's a, you yeah. do not like backtracking. Don't bring up. I don't like backtracking. Uh, but then, like I was yeah, trying, that either. I tried fire uh, fire emblem three houses, and that first <gasps> tutorial battle is like thirty goddamn minutes if you don't know it's what you're long. doing yet. And then I died yeah. at the final hit on the last guy, and they told me to redo it. And I was like, nah, <laughs> I'm done with that. Damn. <laughs> uh, Just Divinity, get good, Nick. Divinity Original Sin two is kind of like that too, where some battles can take a long fucking time, and then if you die and have to go redo that. Oh, so maybe add some checkpoints in boss fights. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> Guys, new fire up. I'm giving a few hours. You know, you know what other game did that? That they had really bad checkpoints that I just played recently. Bayonetta, that last boss in that game. In Bayonetta one. Yes. Fuck that. Last yeah. Boss. That was in the wild west days of like, yeah, that boss gives is, a shit where we're putting checkpoints. Yeah. That boss is not fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, SES Guru 2000 donates five years again and says in their minds games are at the same level as professional sports they see themselves as athletes and hate casuals that just want to have fun yeah I think I think a lot of that uh, uh, feeds into the same thing I like sports because I like it when one of the big beefy boys hits the other big beefy boy but then they all get paid <laughs> a lot of money so that's good <laughs> yes. but everyone ends up happy in the end yeah and then there's a commercial for the new Jordan Peele movie at halftime so it's yeah. great. Every, it's a win-win-win for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Deeb Scrub, the only two dollars says, "I demand that you discuss the Epic Game Store." I demand that. No. You didn't <laughs> demand Deeb's nuts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Got him. Wrecked him. Terrible. Awful. That is that is terrible. KC, can we make a pact right now when we play First Class Trouble again to drown Marty again? <laughs> And this time, an and this, bad. and this time, I'll throw the life raft, but I'll just barely miss so that he can't reach it. And he's like, can't, you know, it's right there, but he, he just can't get it. You have control over where you throw the life raft. I thought it was kind of an automatic thing. We'll find out. I mean, I threw it; it didn't go into the pool. Well, Marty was dead by then. I don't like that my man didn't know how to get out of the pool. That's like some Sims logic. Where it's like, There's no ladder. How you can get out of the pool? Was there? Use your upper body strength. So I couldn't hear it for sure, but it sounds like in the clip that they added a sound effect that when you drown, that your voice got bubbly. <laughs> I was I was gargling mouthwash. gargle. So that was me. That was so funny. That'd be pretty funny. Also, some of those clips, very funny, but also the audio of us coming through the in-game audio of your game just sounds real, real shit. It's real terrible. I don't know. My my favorite part is pushing you in the fire and go, oh, God, I'm on fire. Put me out. I didn't see it. I didn't know I got a swift kick to the ass. They should have had a prompt. You want to talk about accessibility in the games, you got to throw up a prompt if I get swiftly kicked in the ass in games. 
And he uh, did. Doesn't matter what. SVSQ donates five euros. Uh, saying his games also used to be for just a few, an exclusive club. Lower difficulties, inviting more people into their club, makes them feel less special. Yeah, boom, boom, boom. I was kinda, doing finger guns because I agreed with you. Yeah, it's kind of the gatekeeping thing where somebody, it somebody in the chat earlier, like before we even started the podcast, they're like, uh, gamers failed to gatekeep. I was like, why would you do that? <laughs> Shut the fuck up. That's stupid. Failed to gatekeep? Yep. Yeah, there's people that legitimately believe that. Uh, people should gatekeep gaming. Yeah. I call it Helm's Deeping. Yes. Where you, th- you, you <laughs> think you're safe behind a wall, but it turns out that one Urukai's got like dynamite. I guess, or something. I don't know what Saruman made. I don't know how they had dynamite in that. Yeah, gaming gaming nah, never... No one knows. Gaming wasn't exclusive. I mean, yes, it was primarily around a certain audience, you know, way back when, but gaming has never been an exclusive club. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow everyone's mind right now, and they're probably going to hate me for it for a long time. Yeah. Gaming, remember when gaming was like for nerds and stuff, and everyone, everyone made fun of people who play video games and whatnot? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gaming didn't get cool because it nerds. It got cool because new people showed up and made it cool. That's everything. That's how Game of Thrones got cool. Game of Thrones got cool, and and comic book movies like, got cool because like everyone just because you watch first them. and now it's popular doesn't mean that you now are the reason it's popular. The popular yeah. people made it popular. I'm sorry, yeah. but now you but now you have more people to talk about it with. Like yeah. yeah. There's a good chance if you meet somebody, you probably share some common interest because, like, nerd culture yeah. is pop culture now. Yeah, you became that. less niche because popular people got into your niche. Yeah, that's what happened. Listen, Five Nights at Freddy's, all those fools—they're at Hot Topic, and Hot Topic is where <laughs> where things go to die. I guess. <laughs> I went there once. I. Would you I, buy? Would you leave with? I, my Chemical Romance. I shirt? Left, well, I left my life. I went there to die. <laughs> You went there to die, but you love to be right. uh, Nick Rundler donates $3 says to enable easy mode. So I guess we're enabling easy mode on the escapist. Hell yeah. I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> that being said, I did go to Hot Topic and buy a Metallica shirt when I was younger. That may or may not have been a mistake. Mm, the plot thickens. <laughs> oh, I, li- I, liked, I liked metal when I was younger. I don't know. No, Metallica. Don't like Every, everybody, everybody. Old, man. Too no, I, I still like Metallica. It's on radio every morning for me. <laughs> Metallica it's, is old man metal, though, isn't it? Like yeah, kids, pretty, do pretty kids much. like Metallica? Probably not. No, they like no <laughs> kids like stealing either. music. And Metallica doesn't like stealing music. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beast Marsh donates two dollars. Says New York has three Alamos. Believe it or not, dude, it's easy to remember the Alamo when you got three of them. <laughs> There's a little historical reference for y'all. Look Pro, it up. I'm Read a book, everybody. I'm proud of you. Sorry, I told everyone to <laughs> read a book. That, you do whatever you want. That's gatekeeping. Or don't, or listen to an audio book, or <laughs> yeah. a, a, a braille book, or just don't. I don't listen know, to whatever. a braille book. Listen to a braille book. <laughs> listen, feel a braille book. No, it's still probably called reading. <laughs> no, no one, no one is arguing with that. You just said listen to a braille book. <laughs> that's the whole point of braille book. Is to not listen to it. Listen with your fingertips, like a. Like a Bat? Bats don't have fingers. Well, I like this next donation. Let's talk about this next donation. <laughs> Donald Navity donated $20. This donation to the Marty Goes to an Animal Draft House Fund. Closest one in Chicago. That $20 going straight in my gas tank of my car so I can drive to Chicago. Also, that's probably not how that $20 well, well, is going. It's not going to get you that far. No, <laughs> I think $20, $20 now will be like four gallons of gas. <laughs> Everything's bad. Everything's bad. 
Yes. Uh, but I appreciate that. I will I will live tweet my next adventure <laughs> to the Alamo directly for you, Donald. There you go. All right. Well, that's the end of the super chats. Unless anybody else has any last things to go in, but I think overall we kind of contentiously discussed this difficulty in video games while asking why it's a contentious topic. But I think we came out the other side pretty much rehashing all the same points that have been made in our own way. <laughs> so, in conclusion, nothing has changed. <laughs> yeah, nothing will change. We'll be back here <laughs> in two we'll weeks for solve <laughs> a larger video game issue on this podcast, and everyone will refer to this podcast as where that piece in the world started. Yeah. I, I promise you. I'm uh, Twitter manifestations, I'm putting it on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, SVS Guru 2000 donated five years ago and says, what's your take on Facebook threatening to leave Europe? I hope they do. Can you ask them to leave America too? Yeah, that'd be great. Can we get both? <laughs> Can, Can you just ask them to leave my crazy uncle? Because <laughs> <laughs> they, gave, they gave him brain worms. I don't want that. Uh, I think that's great. I think Facebook's numbers going down is very funny. And I think uh, anytime I watch one of their metaverse things, it looks so shitty. And I find it so funny. Like it looks worse than Second it's, Life. I don't know how it happened. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What's wild about that is they own meta we're gonna call it that now because it's not oculus anymore it's meta uh they own meta <laughs> when they're making like the top of the line vr games and then their own meta project looks like straight up ass i don't understand how that happened yeah i like also there was that big story the other day about a uh, like the metaverse that they made is supposed to be for 18 plus and like there's all these kids running around there just talking with adults all willy-nilly which bad obviously uh but then i'm like aside from like the virtual reality aspect like that's what happens on call of duty and stuff like every day so i wonder yeah also i don't think any any kid no kids give a shit about the metaverse because they've been grown up with like no they do because they can be in virtual reality (laughs) but i don't know that's it's interesting that's an interesting topic i want to dig more into some like hey so does your kid give a shit about vr at all has he ever tried vr no He's too young to try VR, as far as I know. I think you have to be 13. Not too young for Nintendo Labo. I think he is, right? Also, Nintendo Labo, the VR version of that is not the same as the regular Labo thing, right? That's like the VR thing is a separate thing. No, it's like the same, but you got to build like a little cardboard cutout to put your screen in. It's real (laughs) bullshit. That's the only bad bad decision Nintendo's ever made. One one and done. Only only one. Only one. Oh, my God. Let me, let me, uh, can I update your... I can't update your Twitter handle to the Nintendo fanboy. Uh, that'd be fine. You can uh, 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 Shiggy for life. Um, well, here I, I heart Shiggy. Yeah. Uh, Kirby Shiggy enthusiast. Shiggy Nintendo Bear. Are we done? Fanboy. I think we're Marty. finished. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank, thanks, thanks everyone for for hanging out with us, Casey. Do you got anything you wanna you wanna plug? Obviously, Sifu and uh, Ali Ali reviews, which were yeah. Aforementioned. Check out those video reviews. Uh, check out. Uh, the written piece I did for Ali Ali, uh, starring Sonic. Starring Sonic. That's on, his, that's on the escape the site. Um, Marty and I will be back doing Dead Space 2, probably the finale tomorrow. So I think we're going to finish. Well, the art says finale, so we got to play until we're done. I think I think we'll, we'll finish, though. We'll, we'll finish probably finish. finish. We have to finish. Um, right? And outside of that, uh, just check out my Twitch, Super Gears 9. I was playing Horizon Zero Dawn last night. Some of you guys were hanging out with me doing that. It's nice. been fun. I've been running from dinos. Day strong, hell yeah! That's Nick, it for me. You got anything? Got anything good? good uh, yeah, I'm. I, I'm going to assume. Let me check Slack. 
I'm going to assume Yats is going to ask me to be on PostZP today for Dying Light 2 because you talked about it the other day with him. So I don't think he wants to add you again. Well, we also can't. Yatsi and I can't do two things in one week. We've, we've decided that. Oh, okay. We use we use all of our spoofs and goofs, and I was on slightly something else yesterday, so I can't I can't do it again. So you can't you can't do two things in one week. I will remember that on your paycheck. <laughs> Just with Yahtzee. I do like 10 th- I'm on a stream every fucking day with one of you weirdos. Yeah, okay. Thank you Casey for clarifying. I stream like six times a week together. Thank you for clarifying. Uh, yes, but I will be. I, I'm assuming I will be on PostZP today. If I'm not, I'll probably be Vi. Uh, and then I will be streaming on my personal Twitch channel at Nick Calandra tonight. I'll probably try to wrap up Sifu. Uh, or I may try Lost Ark because I know there's a lot of people wondering about that. Also, there's tons and tons and tons of people watching it on Twitch, so I might as well get in on that. Uh, and then other than that, yeah, Amazon between that and uh, what was what was their MMO called? New World. Like those yeah. were like two, those are like two of like the top five, I think, most concurrent games in Steam history. So like, is Amazon here to stay for games? Question mark. Well, Amazon only published that one; they didn't even make it. But um, mm-hmm. uh, what you call it? That's and the the big thing about that those numbers is that it's early access sales for people that wanted to play the game like a few days early. That's not even mm-hmm. like when yeah, it goes free the to play. Not even out yet. Yeah, it goes free. Oh to wow! Play. So it's gonna that's crazy. It's gonna be crazy <laughs> launch for that. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, I'll be streaming tonight on my own personal channel, and then uh, Jack and I will be back for today. We play tomorrow, and I have no idea what we'll be playing. If it's if it's my day, I'll probably play Lost Ark. I think it's my day, so I'll probably play Lost Ark. So yeah, because I think last week he played Pokemon. That's yeah. when I found out all the cool post game stuff. Not post game, <laughs> but like late stuff. And people are noticing your new tag underneath your your. Ooh, what does it say? My it just still says McPiggity for me. It's below it. Oh, Nintendo fam. No, it says that below. Yep. It's like really shoddy. It looks yeah, awful. It's, it's all one word too. Like, yep. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, you can follow me at Nintendo Fanboy Marty. Uh, I'm going to be live streaming my reactions as I hyperventilate from a bathroom uh, later during the. I don't know why I'm watching it in a bathroom. <laughs> I get so I get so nervous during Nintendo Directs <laughs> that your my guts get twisted up and I got to take big shits. <laughs> so that's why I watch all my directs from the bathroom. Uh, <laughs> go check out, uh, yeah, like Nick said, post EP uh, later today of Dying Light 2. Ooh, make sure you tell Yahtzee not to play post game because we don't want that foggy fog. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then like uh, Casey said, we'll be doing the Dead Space 2 finale tomorrow, which I'm super excited about. And then Friday, episode two of Design Delve with uh jmate and myself uh we're gonna be back it's gonna be a bit later it's gonna be 5 p.m uh, uh central so like after the afternoon streams usually air uh because uh, we're gonna have the, the australian developers of unpacking on with us so if you watched our inscription episode uh, a couple weeks ago we're gonna be doing the same thing except playing unpacking with the devs I'm talking about how they made us cry that neat little piggy the kind of sound effects what it's like to have your ideas stolen by a mobile game that tries to make a lot of money <laughs> off it which really sucks um yeah, yeah. And then uh, Saturday night, we'll be back in theory with Mario Party unless Nick throws another curveball. Yes. Tentative Mario Party. Mario Party with an asterisk. All right. So says Nintendo fanboy Marty. And don't forget, a big part of Design Delve is that we let you ask the devs questions yourselves. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, that that should double D's. God damn it. Money, money. (laughs) I like it, but I hate it. Uh, yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So, so thanks, guys. Yeah, right. yeah. We will see you back here at 3 p.m. today. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye. Shout out to Big the Cat. <laughs>